Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports. On 95.7, the game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Lackford in on the pregame show, leading you up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you up until 9. Then, of course, you got Willard and Dibbs, followed by Steiny and Guru, Damon and Rado, and then you got Kolsky and company at night. But, however, tonight we have the Warriors and the Clippers, the first game at Chase Center this season. It's going to be at full capacity tonight, so you know it is going to be Loud, and I don't even know. I don't even know if the. I mean, the loudest cheer is probably going to be for Steph Curry. But man, when Andre Iguodala gets announced on the floor, that's something I'm really looking forward to tonight. That's something I'm really looking forward to watching Andre Iguodala, who had turned into. Well, I guess he's now the second fan favorite since Nemanja Bialica has taken over that one. Uh, maybe Bialica will get even a louder applause than uh, than Andre Iguodala, but I'm really looking forward to it tonight. And we'll preview that a little later on in the program. Wanted to start off with some football talk in 49ers, um, primarily about... Uh, DeForest Buckner and the comments that he made yesterday. And I'll go through them in just a second. But we haven't done this in a while. It's been a couple of weeks because there's been so much going on. We've had MLB playoffs. We had the Giants in the National League Division Series. Uh, Yesterday, we had Game 1 of the Warriors season, and I wanted to react to it. So today, we will bring back the Doghouse. The Doghouse, that's coming up uh, at uh, in the next segment here at 5.15. So we will go with the Doghouse. Then at 5.35, Nick Bosa was on with Damon and Ratto yesterday. And I wanted to replay that interview for you uh, because I actually thought it was really good. And if you haven't heard Nick Bosa really talk before, this could be your, this is your chance right now. So at 5.35, you will be hearing Nick Bosa on with, uh, with Damon and Ratto. So... Yesterday, the conversation that was making the rounds on Twitter was the DeForest Buckner trade. And I want to know from you, 
at 888-957-9570. I want to get a gauge on the type of fan that you are. Are you the type of fan who looks back at these trades that or these trades that your team made, different decisions that your team made earlier on, and then you look back on it and you still think that it affected your team and 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 you heart back on it all the time? Are you that type of fan? Or are you the type of fan that just says, look, we got to move on? We got to move on. And I want to know from you at 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number. If you, As a fan of this team, how do you react as I just stumble my way through that? But in just to refresh your memory here, the 49ers did trade DeForest Buckner after drafting him uh, back in 2016. And he was a fantastic draft pick, I thought. Um, you know, my friend who... Uh, my uh, my buddy who went to the University of Oregon at the time, the biggest Ducks fan that I know, um, he was adamant that DeForest Buckner was going to be an incredibly good player in the NFL. Not saying this dude's always right, but he can get a good, pretty good read on it. He did not necessarily have the same things to say about uh, Eric Armstead when he got drafted uh, to the Niners. But just to rehash your memory here, the, the 49ers traded DeForest Buckner to the Colts in exchange for their 2020 first-round pick. And obviously, that 2020 first-round pick was traded up to number 3 in order to get Trey Lance. And I think that's what makes this part interesting. Because right now, DeForest Buckner's making an average of $21 million in his contract. It's four years, $84 million. That's what he got uh, with the Colts. And it was guaranteed, $44 million guaranteed. So just over half of it was guaranteed, which is, uh, which is a lot. Which is a lot in the NFL. And when I'm looking at this, and when I'm looking back, I didn't like the trade right away. I remember thinking, how do you not try and at least pay this dude? I know you got a lot of money to uh, to spend. Because, look, when you pay someone that big of money, when you are paying someone who's commanding somewhere north of... Uh, 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 north of $21 million or $20 million, that's when you got to make some decisions. Because, you know, with the guys you got right now, with the money you paid to Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle and Trent Williams, like, for example, if that trade didn't happen, I don't know if Trent Williams is still here with the 49ers. I just don't. Because of how much that he's making. Now... Eric Armstead is the big one. Eric Armstead is the big talking point. And on average, he's making about $17 million and his uh, guaranteed is $40 million. So you're paying him less guaranteed money and you're paying him less on average per year. So uh, those don't match up. But when I see something like DeForest Buckner, and here's what he said to the, to the uh, media yesterday. Now, he was, on a, he was on a conference call, and here's what he had to say. Quote, I kind of knew probably a week or so in advance that it was a possibility. I mean, it's just part of the business. They told us to look at trade options, little things like that. So my agent did his job, and I ended up here in Indianapolis. It really did teach me a lot about the business side of things. I feel like I did all the right things on and off the field, and obviously I wanted to be there long term. It was the team that drafted me, the organization that drafted me and everything. When you're drafted to an organization, your initial thoughts are, I want to be here until I retire. Unfortunately, it didn't shake out that way. 
That's just the nature of the business. And those are the things that kind of suck with the whole salary cap situation. It is what it is. I'm very happy where I'm at. It was a simple conversation, just like the way it is with the salary cap, little things like that. Our conversation was kind of just a numbers thing. Personally, when I had my conversation with John, we sat down and I told John, quote, look, I know my agent's telling me I'm worth this, but obviously I'm able to meet you in the middle some way, somehow, because I want to be here. But I didn't want to take too big of a pay cut to know to where I know that I'm actually worth because I had a baby on the way. I've got to think of my family. I was looking out for my family, and at the end of the day, unfortunately, it just didn't go the way I wanted it to. Just like I said, it is the nature of the business. So this is where I personally struggle with looking back because I'm the type of fan, if I'm looking at my team, sure, I am going to be, you know, I'm going to look back at that trade and think, damn, they should not have done that. This affected the rest of the team. But also, there are some positives that you have here for the 49ers going forward, whether it's, you know, having the money that's going to be available to eventually pay Nick Bosa if he keeps it up this season. Uh, Trey Lance, you're eventually going to want to have the money there to pay him when his rookie when his rookie contract is going to be up in a in a, in a few years. George Kittle, Fred Warner. I haven't even mentioned Fred Warner yet. So there are some positives to take away from this. Trent Williams is the one that I mentioned earlier. But when I read something saying that he told the GM, I know my agent's telling me I'm worth this, but obviously I'm able to meet you in the middle. Well, look, if he's able to meet you in the middle, then if you're a GM, I mean, I'm not I'm not anybody that should tell anyone how to do their job. I mean, I'm just sitting here, as I always say, I'm a radio host at 5 a.m. But when I see something like that, and I know the salary cap is a, is, a, is, a, is a big deal, and unlike all these other sports, unlike the Warriors, for example, that have to pay like $159 million in luxury tax right now, the reason being is because it's a soft cap. When they call it a soft cap, that means, sure, you can go over the cap that's allotted to you, but we are going to charge you for it. Whereas in football, it's just a straight-up hard salary cap, so it's a full stop, boom, we're not going over this amount of money. But I also think that if you get a generational type of player, and I don't even know if we could put that uh, put that label on DeForest Buckner, but you could assume that he is going to be a perennial pro bowler, always at the top of the list in terms of top guys within the front four. And especially with the way that the team was playing around him, you know, elevating these other guys, not only just the guys on the uh, on the front four, but on the front seven and in the secondary as a whole. He elevated that defense, and he was the captain. And so when I'm seeing that, I, I just think that's ultimately going to be a huge uh, point of regret for John Lynch because as of now, you know, I think we got to give Javon Kinlaw a lot of time. I really do. I don't. I don't want to just judge a player based on two years. But if you remember, DeForest Buckner was making an instant impact, and he also was able to get on the field. Right now, Javon Kinlaw uh, has barely been able to play, and he hasn't practiced. And according to Shanahan, his injury 
is a big concern this year. It's nothing against him, but it's been unfortunate. His development is on hold. I was really excited how he started to end last year, especially at Dallas. It was one of his best. The Rams game, I thought he was starting to turn into that player. It affected him all all through this year. That's a setback now, and that's why he's behind the eight ball this year. But I don't think his story is totally being finished, totally finished being written yet. No one is upset with Kinlaw right now. It's been unfortunate with what happened, and no, it's not Kinlaw's fault that he's hurt. But you also got to look at that move a couple of years ago, and you got to think. We tried to replace DeForest Buckner, but as of right now, it's just not working. And now you're going into this point in your season where, you know, you're you're playing the Colts, and if you lose to them on Sunday night football, it's not to say the season is lost, because the season is never lost by the time you're at week seven. But man, with the way that the Rams and the Cardinals have been playing, the Cardinals being 6-0, and and the Rams just... Or at least destroying any team that's uh, really not good in the NFL. I mean, what are what are we really supposed to read from last week? But when you're the 49ers and you're at this point in the season, I think this raises a lot of question marks among the fan base as to just, what the hell's going on? Why did you not try and pay this guy, DeForest Buckner, who can give you double-digit sacks if it, 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 during a good season, who can give you that presence in the middle of the field, in the interior, that presence to where other teams are not going to want to try to, quote, run it down your throat, run it down the gullet. That's the new saying that I've been that, that I've been trying to get into the ethos here, but no one's really caught on to it. But I just think those comments yesterday, when I read those, I just thought, what? How, how can that even... How can that even be that he said he'd be willing to meet you halfway? And when he says that, look, I still got to feed my family, in my opinion, that's just telling me, well, I would have accepted that Eric Armstead money. Because that Eric Armstead money, it's not necessarily meeting him in the middle, but when you're making an average of $21 million and you're DeForest Buckner and you're seeing Eric Armstead making an average of $17 million a year, I'm not going to try and get a read on DeForest Buckner and who he is, but I'm sure he would have taken that. He probably would have wanted more uh, guaranteed, more than $40 million of it guaranteed if he was given a five-year deal. But just that money could have been allocated elsewhere as opposed to where you have it now, which is you're paying a lot of these guys, but a lot of them um, have been hurt and haven't really been able to play a full season. And that's why uh, the 49ers are at where they're at right now, which is this Sunday night football game seems like it's do or die for the season. Like That's the point that they're at now uh, with this home game coming up on Sunday night football. All right, 888 that's the text line and the phone number. Coming up next, the doghouse. And I want to know from you. You didn't want to participate in the first segment. That's fine. It's five in the morning. I'll give you a little time. But now we're heading up to the second segment, and I need your participation here at 888-957-9570. Who in sports, pop culture, whatever it is, who this past week, it could be just someone personal in your life, who this past week is in your doghouse. Kyle Shanahan, all these head coaches... In the NFL, not just Shanahan, but they have a quote-unquote doghouse, right? Where if a player's not performing up to expectation or the coach just doesn't like what they're seeing from them at practice or in games, whatever it is, they always put them in the doghouse. So you know what? 
Why not let us have a doghouse? And I want to know from you at 888-957-9570 who is in your dog doghouse from this past week. We'll get to that next. Steve Electra did on the pregame show, 957 the game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Langford in with you. It is the pregame show on 95.7 The Game leading up until 6 o'clock. In about 15 minutes, you are going to hear from Nick Bosa, who was on with Damon and Ratto yesterday. Wanted to replay that for you because I actually thought it was a, it was a good interview that he had there, and I want you guys to hear it. So uh, Nick Bosa at 5.35 on with Damon and Ratto yesterday in case you did miss it. We'll replay that, and then we'll get to a little Warriors talk after that. But... We haven't done this in a while. And 888-957-9570, that's the text line and the phone number. Who is in your doghouse for this past week? Who's in your doghouse? At 888-957-9570. It could be someone in your in your life who bothered you. It could be someone in pop culture. It could be... Uh, a sports figure, whoever it is, and since this is a sports talk show, I'm going to try and keep it to sports because I do have a, a couple here on my list. But I want to know from you at 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. But it is time 
for the doghouse. Now, we haven't done this in a couple of weeks. We had the Giants in the playoffs. We had the Warriors in their season opener past couple of Wednesdays, so I didn't want to distract anybody from that with who is in my doghouse. But since we are on a Thursday, kind of have an open day here, as tonight we do have the Warriors and the Clippers, and we can react to that uh, tomorrow. So we're doing it on a Thursday. And before we get to a couple of people who are in my doghouse, I got Mitch in New Jersey. What's going on, Mitch? Hi, Thanks for taking my call. Of course. I would say Trey Turner. The whole this whole concept of full pan using starters on on short days less is backfired on Robert. So I think Trey Turner is hit more like Tina Turner. Wow. I know next is his walk uh, walk out here. Yeah, I was hoping they can sign both sign Corian and Trey. But uh, he's disappointed this uh this uh, postseason Trey Turner. I I appreciate the phone call, Mitch. And and, and yeah, yeah, last night's game, um you had Urias who had who gave up five earned runs in total. He did not have a good outing yesterday as the Braves uh, took a 3-1 lead. Um, But those guys in that bullpen aren't helping him out. I don't know the way that Dave Roberts has been handling this team, and if I'm going to be 100% with you, I haven't watched the uh, much of the series. Last night I really was paying attention, but I can't lie, I haven't been watching much of the series, and it's not just because... It's not just because... You know, it's the Dodgers, and I don't want to see the Dodgers in the NLCS. But quite frankly, and this is just me personally, 162 games? I feel like with the Giants, I watched damn near every one of them, or at least tried to. And all the way to game 162 through the NLDS. I just want a little break. Especially with the, how long these games are lasting. I, You know, four hours of my time, especially if I'm not going to be, you know, presenting it here in the morning. And, and, and you know, yeah, who really wants to hear so much about the Braves and the Dodgers? I just haven't been watching much of it. I haven't. I can't spend four hours a night watching uh, these these baseball games, especially if my team's not involved. At least right now, I'll, I'll, I'll catch a game here and there whenever I have some free time. There's plenty of stuff i got to do. I have been taking some notes, though. I have. All right. What's uh, what's your name? Where are you calling from? We got one more caller, and then I'll uh, get to who I got in my doghouse. What's your name? Where are you calling from, sir or ma'am? This Bud from Oakland. What's up, Bud? Who's in your doghouse for this week? Hey, I'm going to tell you like this. It's people that's in my doghouse. And the people that's in my doghouse is all of these grown men who do not want to take care of their kids. I know you wanted to try to keep it to sports, but I got to put these dudes out there. I'm tired of these grown men that got responsibilities and they do not want to take up for their responsibilities. And these guys will be out kicking it with other guys who have kids and they have their kids and they want to participate in all kinds of events, but they will not take the time to spend with their children. They think that getting up and getting dressed and being outside is the thing to do. So all of these men is in the doghouse, man. Grown men, step it up. That's my message. <laughs> I appreciate you, Bud, in Oakland. That's it. That's what the doghouse is all about. doesn't necessarily have to be someone within sports. I mean, here's one for me. Personally, This is and this gets really frustrating, and, and, and I'm not going to try and hate because people have jobs to do, uh, but to give you a little insight into myself, my apartment complex, we do have a garage, and that garage is alongside six other garages or five other ones. And mine is right in the middle. 
Smack dab in the middle. You got two on one side and you got two on the other. And for some reason, anytime someone has to do some work on an apartment or maybe make a delivery, whatever it is, they always park right in front of my damn garage where I got to put my car. And we have it. We do have a parking lot, but we only have so many parking passes to go around. If you don't have a parking pass in your car in the lot, then it's going to get towed if you leave it out there past two in the morning. So, me, I parked outside the past two nights because someone was blocking our garage, couldn't get in, had to go park outside, and then eventually I'd forget, and then when I, you know, go down to bed so I could wake up at three in the morning, I realized, oh, my car is still parked out there with the pass, I'd rather not wake up and find that my car has been towed, which has actually happened to me, (laughs) which has happened to me once, it was, it was the worst. I mean, you know, getting up at getting up at three thirty in the morning, they go out to your parking lot and realize that your car's not parked in the space that you parked it into the first place. It's the worst. It's terrifying. I was like, "What happened to my damn car?" It was a rude. Uh, it was a rude awakening. Uh, another guy who's in my doghouse, and these two head coaches are in my doghouse. I'm gonna I'm gonna put them together here. This is two A and two B, and I'm gonna go with both Bill Belichick and Mike McCarthy. Because you saw that game, the Patriot, uh, the Patriots and the Cowboys. I mean, the two night games were really good with the Seahawks and the Steelers. Well, not so much that one, but the Monday night game with the Bills and the Titans was really good. But the Cowboys and the Patriots was the game of the day uh, in Week Six. As far as the morning slate went, sure you had the Vikings and Panthers, which came down to OT. Um, but ultimately, I think that uh, Cowboys Patriots was a better game. Now the Cowboys ended up winning thirty-five to twenty-nine. But both Bill Belichick and Mike McCarthy are in my doghouse because I don't pin any of the scores that they have there on the head coaches. I don't give them any credit for that. That's all because of the players. And Mike McCarthy, yet again, making dumb decisions, whether it's making Greg Zerline kick on a fourth and one when you're in opponent's territory and you're scared of giving the Patriots the ball back even though your defense would follow it up by getting a pick six in the first place. So clearly your defense could have made a stop in that situation. I didn't agree with that at all. And instead, your team is what helped you get back to winning that game and taking it all the way to OT, then scoring the touchdown with CeeDee Lamb. So Mike McCarthy is in there for that. And then Bill Belichick on the other side, I I did not notice this as I'm watching the game and didn't really think about it until I saw it on TV yesterday. But Bill Belichick, there were two different instances where he's in fourth and short, and instead he elects to punt when you're around the 50. And I just disagree with that now. I really do. It, just punting and then you know trying to give them worse field position when your offense at least can get you a yard. When your offense can get you a yard. So any any head coaches that do that, they are in my doghouse. There's no doubt about it. I, I No doubt. And also, another one in my doghouse. The ref. The ref who called the roughing the passer on Kyler Murray. And I understand a lot of you, you want... You want Kyler Murray to to get hit. You want him to run around, scramble, and then get cracked because that's what, you know, that's what opposing teams fans want. They don't want him to get hurt. Certainly not, but they do want to see him get hit. And when you see a penalty like this where it's roughing the passer and all he does is give a little give a little push. 
It wasn't anything crazy. Gave him a little push. And, and, way out, and it wasn't even like he threw the ball and it was five seconds after. He threw the ball, and really, as soon as he let it go, there was a little push. And they called it a roughing the passer penalty. I'm so out on these roughing the passer penalties that have happened uh, in this past season. So out on it. And it's just those little mistakes, those little calls right there, that's what makes the NFL sometimes to be an unwatchable product. Luckily... There are players out there who have so much talent and they're a lot of fun to watch, but then you get the refs and sometimes they just make these games unwatchable. And and it, and it feels like it's just pinned on the refs. So I'm watching that and I was just like, dude, what kind of a roughing the passer call is that when they were going up against the uh, when they were going up against the Browns this week? Now I know it's not like it had any difference in the game. I mean, the Cardinals beat the crap out of them, thirty-seven to fourteen, uh, because Baker Mayfield uh, hurt his shoulder earlier on in the game, and the Cardinals were able to just throw it all over the field on that Brown secondary, who everyone thought was going to be good. But when I see the ref as the headlining news for that game, the roughing the passer penalty, that's good enough to get into my doghouse uh, for this week. All right. Coming up next, you're going to hear from Nick Bosa. He was on with Damon Enrado yesterday. Wanted to replay that interview for you. And if you're a Raider fan, I just want to spend two minutes on this coming up next before we do get to Nick Bosa. But I just want to play Josh Jacobs, the sound from his presser yesterday, and what he had to say regarding the uh, regarding the feeling of the team on the sideline in their win over the Broncos. So we'll get to all that next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Final half hour of the show here on 95.7 The Game. Stephen Langford in with you, leading you up until 6 o'clock. Now, Nick Bosa was on with Damon and Ratto yesterday, and I wanted you uh, to hear some of that interview because I thought it was fantastic yesterday. So we will get to that in just a second. But whenever we're talking about head coaching hires among the NFL, among the NBA, you know, I, I used to be of the frame of mind, especially when it comes to, you know, sports like baseball where you don't feel like a lot of managing needs to be done and now in this day and age more managing needs to be done than ever Um, with football and basketball you felt like the coaches were doing a little bit more but ever since John Gruden was gone from the Raiders in that last game against the uh, against the Broncos and I just wanted to play this real quick I mean, listen to running back Josh Jacobs, who didn't have a great game, but he ended up having a touchdown. Listen to this from his presser yesterday when he was asked uh, about the feeling around the sideline. How, how was last week for, for you guys? I mean, everybody has different emotions. Yeah. Was it crazy? Was it frustrating, anger? Like, what was Nah, man, the sideline was just so... It was like it wasn't no anxiety, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it was weird. It was like it was like everybody was calm. You ain't have somebody cussing at you, or going crazy at the refs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> None of that. It was just like okay, something bad happened. He was like, okay, I'm not harping on you. He was like, all right, next play, next play. And I feel like the guys, we all kind of motivated each other. A lot of you see a lot of defensive guys uh, standing up, office guys jumping off the bench when the defense making plays and stuff. And I was like, that's the right type of energy that we needed. Um, so I mean, I, I loved it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's uh, clearly taking a shot at his former coach in, in Coach Gruden. And so hearing that just makes you think about you got to be careful with who you hire. And it's not just, you know, with the with all the background noise and doing their due diligence and everything, just finding a guy who is has has adapted to the new age of football and I'm not really sure that's something that Gruden really ever did uh, at least when it came to his antics on the sideline and just constantly yelling at refs and getting in players faces whenever they do something wrong it's you know it it brings a sort of feel, fear of failure and I know that some of you are listening probably right now are saying look you're professional athletes man up and I understand that I I get where you're coming from but this is 2021 this is the this is the new age of sports now. They don't always respond exactly to the yelling. I mean, think about Amari Cooper. He was completely out on it. Think about Rodney Hudson. He was out on it. A, a lot of these guys are just like, look, I don't need to deal with this, especially uh, when it feels like it was the coach who was holding them back as opposed to uh, any of the talent on the field. All right. Speaking of talented on the field, Nick Bosa. One of the most talented pass rushers, uh, personally, that I've seen in a very long time. Very, very good. Well, he was on with Damon and Ratto yesterday, and I wanted to replay some of that interview for you because I thought it was really good. And Damon and Ratto, uh, they get a 49er player on each week, and this week it was Nick Bosa. So I wanted to replay that for you. Here's Damon and Ratto on with Nick Bosa. He'll only be playing in his 24th career game this Sunday night. He's already got 72 tackles and 14 sacks and is, along with Fred Warner, certainly the heartbeat of this defense. Nick Bosa joins us here on Damon and Ratto. And, Nick, thank you very much for joining us today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the intro. No, absolutely, man. I'm convinced that someone at the 49ers is just messing with me, or maybe it's you, because I went to Indiana University and we've got Ohio State coming to Bloomington to beat us by 40 points this weekend. So I feel like this is you trolling me or someone. Is this intentional? Is this? Did you choose to come on this week just to make fun of me? Hey, I came for the beef, man. I like good steaks. <laughs> so the word is out. We give away the beef. <laughs> I tell you what, at this, the fact that you just dialed the number gets you the beef. You don't have to do anything else. No, but hopefully hopefully you'll answer a question or two. Nick, how did the bye week go? Did you take like a two- or three-day trip to get away from the season in the one week that you're actually allowed to do so? Uh, Tell me what you've been working on this past week or what fun you went to go have to get away from it for a little while. Yeah, I don't don't like to get too far away from it during a bye because the week goes by so fast and then you have 12 more games. So I just took the weekend to go to Napa with my girlfriend and uh, we just spent a night there and drank a little wine, had some fun, but now it's quickly back to work. Back to work indeed. So tell us about the work that you guys got coming up against the Indianapolis Colts. Carson Wentz is you know, a, a, a guy who went through some struggles. Obviously, he finds himself on his new team. He's been banged up earlier in the year, but he's coming off a, a good couple of games, and the Colts just you know, made paper mache out of the Houston Texans. So what do you think you're looking at when they get here Sunday night? Well, I mean, we're looking at a really tough team uh, with a really good D-line and a really good offensive line. And uh, obviously Carson Wentz could make plays off schedule and um, he's going to hold the ball and try and create. So it's going to have to be a big day for the D-line if we want to come out on top. 
How much of a challenge do you get when you're looking at a team that has historically liked to throw the ball, but whose best weapon is a running back? Does that make it harder to prepare, or do you just prepare based solely on the film you see? Um, I think whenever we have a game as a D-line, our, our main focus is to stop the run. And uh, if we want to do what we want to do, which is rush the passer, uh, it all starts with the run game. So um, Wednesday is our run game day, and we just we just grinded it out, had a good practice. So um, our focus is definitely the run, and then after that we just go have fun. Nick Bosa, the 49ers here on 95-7 the game. So defensively, you guys played one of your best games against the tough opponent that is Arizona. And I'll tell you, it looked like for several series there, this defense finally got used to playing against the kryptonite that is a running quarterback. Russell Wilson has been, you know, tough out for the 49ers for so many years. Now it looks like Kyler Murray is ready to be that, but you really contained the mobile quarterback. Tell us how you did that, and obviously you didn't get the result you wanted, but I thought that the defense had a fantastic day. Yeah, I definitely think our defense is starting to come into our own um, the past few weeks. Uh, obviously haven't had the result at the end of the game that we've wanted, but um, definitely have good things to look forward to as a defense. And um, we're starting to get used to the, the running quarterbacks and just being more disciplined. So uh, that's the main thing, just stay in discipline and not um, trying to win the game by yourself, just rushing as a unit. And uh, we get plenty of practice in our division. How much better do you think you are handling double teams than you were two years ago? Um, I think, yeah, I'm a better overall player, and um, obviously the double teams come when you have success. So uh, I'm definitely more aware of it. I I had some issues early this year with the chips and stuff, but I'm starting to be more aware, and um, I'm able to create a little more when I do have those double teams. Do you have to go out of your way to not think about the injury you suffered last year, or are you definitely deep enough into your return that it isn't on your mind at all? Um, yeah, I think I'm at this point I'm, I'm really comfortable out there, and um, it definitely took a couple games under my belt, but now I'm just playing football. Which offensive lineman gives you the most trouble? Which offensive lineman? Yeah, who have you played against where you went home and you thought – Damn, I'm in the NFL. <laughs> uh, I don't like to give other guys credit, but um, going against Trent Williams in practice is, is a pretty good one. <laughs> that, uh, we heard you guys have had some serious battles all the way starting in training camp. Uh, what do you learn from playing against Trent Williams in practice almost every day? Um, I just learn how to change what I do and um, – really forces me to watch tape and and figure out things that that work against a guy who's very technically sound and strong and all the things you want in a tackle um it's not just go out there and do your stuff it's definitely um manipulate how you rush to uh to best affect him how much better have you gotten at hand fighting because you have been, you know, just a, a, a bull rusher of a passer going back to your Ohio State days, but 
you know, you got spin moves now, and you, it looks like you got a little judo class going on on every snap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the NFL's tough. It's not like college where guys are just shooting their hands at you and you could swipe them all day. Um, so you really have to go force the issue with power and, and then eventually start working edges. Well, I tell you what, Nick, we are going to give you the beef, but in order to really earn it, i got to ask one tough question. Are you ready for your official one tough question here? Because it's not even on your side of the ball, and it's about what a lot of people have been talking about. We watched you have a great rookie year, and everyone knew that you were going to pop right away. We watched Brandon Ayuk have a great rookie year, and then it feels like he's been a little bit forgotten here in his sophomore year. Is there something different that you see out of him that is causing the 49ers to use him differently? Um, I wish I had a more informed answer for you on that, but um, I think as an offense, we, we take what the defense gives us, and um, to this point, Debo's been a big uh, big player for us, and um, I'm sure Brandon's going to come alive here there's a lot of games left we've only played five so um i think yeah i mean his rookie year was unbelievable so obviously he has it we see it in practice every day um so uh i think it's just a matter of time for him i indeed hope that you're right because we would love to see this get a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more splashy on offense. And, you know, we saw Trey Lance make his debut in Arizona. And I'm not asking you to compare and contrast Jimmy to Trey. I think we all know what some of the differences are. But I do want to ask you, since you play against him so often on scout teams and whatnot, how much better has Trey Lance gotten five weeks into this season than the guy you met on the first day of training camp? He's come a long way, definitely. Um, It's obviously a position that you're not going to come in and and be uh a top guy right away and i think just watching him in his first start um you really saw what you wanted to see from a guy in that position he he played really hard and um he didn't make too many mistakes and um i mean i was very encouraged by what i saw and uh, i'm excited for him so your dad John came on our morning show a few weeks ago and told us a little bit of a story about how when your brother was playing, they weren't going to let you play, and you just said, I'm going to need to play football in order to sustain my life. Here is your dad telling a story about you. I just couldn't keep away, and once once Joe talked us into going to the youth league, Nick famously you know, laid on the floor and threw a fit and said, if we don't let him play football, he's going to die. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, yeah. So his mother and I, we looked at each other and said, well, you know, we really don't want to lose our youngest son, so I guess we're going to have to let him play. But he literally was on the floor, you know, throwing a tantrum that if Joey can play and he can't, he, he was going to die. Now, how, how much older is Joey than you? What, two or three years? He's two years and three months. Two years and three months older. So mm-hmm. when you went out and actually got the opportunity to play, did you feel like, finally, I'm living my life now, I know who I am? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was a little kid at that point, and I already really had a passion for the game, uh, just knowing that my dad played, my uncle played, and I would go to Dolphin games with my dad and it really was just something that stuck with me since a really young age and um, seemed like my destiny.
And that was Nick Bosa on with Damon and Ratto yesterday. Of course, you can catch that full interview uh, on the Odyssey app. You can you download the rewind. You can download the app. Favorite ninety five seven. The game. Use the rewind feature. All that good stuff. Or of course, you can just go to uh, the website as well. Uh, but something he did mention there in the middle of that was the use of his hands. And I wonder if that's what he was talking about before last season, uh, before he ended up getting hurt for the season. He was talking about how he was not really going into these games with much of a plan his rookie year. For the most part, he was just bull rushing. You know, he was moved, using his moves and reading the tackle, but he didn't have much of a plan going into it. And I wonder if that's the type of thing that he's worked into his game plan a little bit more this season. I really like watching Nick Bosa play, though. I I really do. And speaking of one edge rusher here and going to a defensive tackle that they're going to be playing on Sunday night football, at 888-957-9570, I want to know from you at the text line or the phone number, if you're a 49er fan, is there still any part of you that looks back at that DeForest Buckner trade and you think... That's a mistake. That they should not have done that. Now, you got to keep in mind here that they did trade him for the 13th pick in this uh, in, in the previous draft, which you ended up trading up for and getting Trey Lance out of it. Now, I, I want to know from you, though, because DeForest Buckner had some comments yesterday that I do want to get to. I, I think that's going to be a very interesting one. And excuse me, that's the draft pick that turned into Javon Kinlaw, not Trey Lance. That is my bad. Apologies. Apologies. Had that one wrong. Was just going back to 2021 and thought, no, wait, it's the 2020 class. So that's the one you move back. You get up, you get to trade Javon, uh, you trade back, and you get Javon Kinlaw with that pick. Now, with DeForest Buckner... He said yesterday, when he was asked about his contract and why they didn't sign him and all his thoughts on the trade, Buckner said this, quote, It really did teach me a lot about the business side of things. I feel like I did all the right things on and off the field, and obviously I wanted to be there long term. It was the team that drafted me, the organization that drafted me and everything. When you're drafted to an organization, your initial thoughts are, I want to be here until I retire. Unfortunately, it didn't shake out that way. That's just the nature of the business, and those are the things that kind of suck with the whole salary cap situation. It is what it is. I'm very happy where I'm at. But then he was asked about this conversation he had with John Lynch. And he said, quote, It was a simple conversation, just like the way it is with the salary cap. Little things like that. Our conversation was just kind of a numbers thing. Personally, when I had my conversation with John... We sat down, and I told John, look, I know my agent's telling me I'm worth this, but obviously I'm able to meet you in the middle, some way, somehow, because I want to be here. But I didn't want to take too big of a pay cut to where I know that I'm actually worth, to where I know what I'm actually worth, because I had a baby on the way, I've got to think of my family, I was looking out for my family, and at the end of the day, unfortunately, it just didn't go the way I wanted it to. Just like I said, it's the nature of the business. End quote. Now, me being a Raider fan, I still look back on that Khalil Mack trade. No matter no matter how good these guys pan out, because they got Josh Jacobs and Brian Edwards in return from that. That's what those draft picks turned into. But when you when you have a player like this, a guy who could be a staple for your franchise, and you decide to just not pay him the money, sometimes I understand it, because you might want to spend your money elsewhere and 
even if those funds, wherever they're uh, allocated to, don't pan out, you clearly have a plan. And as a fan, you have to respect that plan, even if you disagree with it. And their plan here clearly was they're not going to give DeForest Buckner the money that he wants. We will give Eric Armstead the money that he wants. And maybe we could save it down the line for a guy like, I don't know, Fred Warner, for a guy like Kyle Juszczyk, for George Kittle, different guys like that. But when I saw I didn't want to take too big of a pay cut to where I know what I'm actually worth... Uh, that's telling me, all right, he's not going to say, yeah, I want half of what I'm worth right now, which is, on average, $21 million uh, with his four-year deal uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. And he's getting $44 million guaranteed. And right now, Eric Armstead is making an average of $17 million with a total of $40 million guaranteed. So when I see DeForest Buckner say that, like, hey, I'm willing to meet you in the middle somewhere, but I still need to get my money, When he says that, I'm thinking, okay, well, you could just put Eric Armstead's contract on DeForest Buckner, and then you could just switch the two. Except you don't have to switch it and put Eric Armstead and give that money to Eric Armstead. You'd just be giving DeForest Buckner the Eric Armstead money, and Eric Armstead would be making money wherever else that he'd be playing. When you look back on that and he says something like that, I, I want to know from you how you're feeling uh, as a 49er fan at 888-957-9570 because I didn't like that move at the time and I understood it because you know you got so much money to spend here and eventually they're going to have to pay Trey Lance. They already paid Trent Williams, uh, Alex Mack and those certain things. Who knows if the offensive line uh, would be nearly as good um, as it has been, it hasn't been great this year, but it's still been better than average in my opinion. How good would that really be if you didn't have Trent Williams? Would you have to change up your entire draft strategy? It could have you could have gotten to the point where look they can't trade that pick that they have in this year's draft for Trey Lance because they want to they got to use it on a tackle you know. They could have traded up to possibly get a tackle, and you wouldn't even have Trey Lance. So there are different ram- ramifications here. Uh, that could have happened had you given to Forrest Buckner that contract. But also, I just think these GMs and you know these coaches and all these salary cap front office guys, Parag Marate being the one for the 49ers that everybody knows about, I, I just say, look, if you have your star, if you have this guy that's a perennial pro bowler type of player, keep him. Figure it out. (laughs) Stop thinking three or four years down the road. I know that you have to because it's your job and you're you're trying to keep your job and you're trying to build your team for the future. But when you have a player like that, that's the type of guy that can elevate it. And it wouldn't have been a waste of money, uh, in my opinion, toward the salary cap. You know... $4 $4 million is a, is a heck of a difference. I get that if DeForest Buckner just wanted too much money, but the fact that he said willing to meet in the middle, it does make me question some things uh, with John Lynch as the general manager because I actually think overall he's been very good. I really do. I, I, I think John Lynch is a great guy to have as your GM. couple of questionable decisions, though, going back uh, to 2017, part of that free agent class, and then that move um, along with DeForest Buckner. But uh, in the end, 
this is the team that you're with, and right now the guy that you were hoping to replace DeForest Buckner just hasn't been able to get on the field, and that's Javon Kinlaw, who did not practice yesterday and didn't participate in it. And Kyle Shanahan, with his words, it does just does not feel uh, like he's very confident in Javon Kinlaw's injury right now, and that's no fault to Javon Kinlaw at all. It's no fault to him. It's just that's what happened. That's how that's how the cards were dealt. So, look, this game against the Colts on Sunday night, it is a big one. But you know what's just as big? Well, maybe not because 49ers-Colts, it feels like it's damn near do or die and it's going to be on prime time on Sunday night. But tonight, you are getting the opener at the Chase Center. It's going to be a full-capacity crowd. I can't wait to hear the reaction to Steph Curry. And then, of course, when Andre Iguodala ends up checking into the game, I can't wait for that. And right now during the season, uh, right now at the end of every show, I'm going to try and give you my pick against the spread in terms of betting and then also the over-under on the point total. And right now, I am 1-0 on both. I had the... Warriors covering the spread, and actually, if you're just have the you know if you have the favorite team uh, covering, you might as well, at least winning the game. You could just choose the money line. I actually had the Golden State Warriors winning outright uh, in the in game one against the Lakers. I felt like you were getting really good value there, but right now the Warriors are favored by four, so they are so the Clippers are four point underdogs right now, and the over under is at two twenty six, and for me. I think the Clippers can cover that number. I think it's going to be a close game, but I do not see the Clippers winning this one. Four is a big number, and if anything, I could see it being a push. So I would take the Clippers here at plus four, even though I don't think they're going to win this game. And then I would take the over. Because even without Kawhi Leonard, I understand the Clippers have an 11-9 and record. Not very good, but they do still get 24 assists a game which is just as much as they'd get with Kawhi in there because sometimes it becomes iso ball. So they still move the ball around even without uh, Kawhi Leonard. And it being the first game of the season on the road, uh, that plus four number I really like. And then the T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.